Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Purposed for them to be. Amen. I'm thankful for the hand of the Lord in my life. Amen. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And we'll start reading at verse 21. And I'm going to read quite a few scriptures this morning um, so that you can get an idea of this parable, the story that Jesus told in Matthew 18. I have a word for somebody today. Amen. The, I feel purpose my heart when I was in the prayer room this morning and the anointing of the Lord settled upon me and the Lord began to speak to me and I began to feel uh, intercession. I began to feel the bridge that fills the gap between where God is and where he wants us to be. Whenever somebody is distant and can't cross that bridge, he sends a word to connect them to where he wants them to be. I feel that this morning in my spirit. I feel the purpose of the Lord in this house. Somebody say amen. Matthew 18, verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Have you ever thought that? How many times am I required to? Because we we want the the least requirement, right? What's the requirement? Because I'll I'll fulfill the requirement. Somebody say amen. He said, till seven times. So if he if somebody sins against me, how many times am I required to forgive them? Seven times? Because he's in his mind, seven times is enough. That's a lot, isn't it? Somebody doing the same thing to you seven times. He's saying, I can I can probably do that. <laughs> and we know that Matt said in the opening of the surface, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His, as his ways are above, of the heavens are above the earth, so is his ways higher than our ways and his thoughts than our thoughts. Somebody say amen. Jesus said unto him, I say unto thee until seven times, but yeah, seven times. You're doing good, but until 70 times seven. Somebody do Where's our mathematicians at in the house? That's simple math for some people. 70 times 7, 490. Peter's like, seriously? For the same offense? 490 times. 
Now, that wouldn't have been the number I would have guessed, right? Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened, he begins to tell a story. Is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants? And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Okay, so uh, if you look that up, it's 250,000 pounds of gold. That's a lot. So needless to say, I, I think the idea here is to, to make it unpayable. Right? He could not possibly repay the debt that he was in or that he owed. For as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, his wife, his children, and all that he had and payment to be made. You may not have enough to pay it off, but I'm going to take everything that you do have. And I'm going to pay it towards that. The servant, therefore, when, whenever the, the judgment came down and he felt the weight of the judgment of the Lord, he fell down before him and worshiped him. He said, Lord, have patience with me. And I'll, I'll pay you. Please, Lord, have patience with me. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion. And he loosed him and forgave him the debt. Prayer was heard. Somebody say, thank God for forgiveness. But the same servant went out. And found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. A hundred pence is one hundred denarii, which is Roman pennies. So he owed him a hundred pennies. That's pretty small compared to what he owed the king. And he laid his hands on him. And took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry. And came and told their Lord all that was done. So the Lord knows what the man had done. So then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desiredest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So the forgiveness that he received when he asked the Lord to, to forgive him, when he refused to forgive that man, that small debt, the forgiveness that he received was revoked. It was taken away from him. 
So likewise, he says, shall my heavenly father do also unto you if ye from your hearts. It's got to come from the heart. From your hearts, forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. What a powerful story. I'm going to preach to you this morning on this subject and it's not going to be easy. Amen. The power of forgiveness. Somebody say the power of forgiveness. Amen. Why don't you lay your Bibles down this morning? Why don't we just have a moment with the Lord, just you and him right now. Lift your hands unto him. Just begin to pray unto him right where you're at, Lord. Come on, tell him, I need you to this morning, Lord. I need you to speak to my life, Lord, my heart, my mind. God, I, I want to be prepared for your word this morning. God, I pray that you would do all that you have purposed in my life today. Lord, do all that you desire to do, Lord. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in this place as you've already purposed it in heaven. God, I pray, Lord, that you would loose in this place the power of forgiveness. And I pray that you would bring healing to every life. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You can be seated in the house of the Lord. Praise the Lord. The power of forgiveness. Let's get settled in here real quick. Elbow your neighbor say, are you ready for the preaching? Now, a couple of you did it, but not everybody. I want you to elbow them and say, are you ready for the preaching? Come on. Tell them, el elbow them one more time and say, put your phone away. Oh, oh, man, he's already preaching. Somebody say amen, pastor. I got an idea. How about everybody take your phone out? You already checked in. <laughs> Nobody even laughed. I thought that's funny because I don't, I, I didn't even know you could do that. And then I saw somebody checked in at the anchor church. I was like, man, that's cool. But they shouldn't have their phone on. That's what I was thinking. Take your phone out, hold it up. Come on. Come on, 100% participation. Now I want you to find the power button. Seriously. And just turn it off. Just powered, I'm powering down for 40 minutes. Think I can get it done in 40 minutes? <laughs> That's not including the older service. I'm not going to put a time limit on that. Amen. We all need to listen this morning. Man, in fact, anytime you're in the house of the Lord, you need to pay attention to what the Lord's saying. Somebody say amen. Forgiveness. What, what is forgiveness? What is forgiveness? Have you ever contemplated the meaning of the word? What, what does forgiveness mean? 
If I'm required to do it and I need it, I want to know what it means. Man, I want to know what the meaning is so I can understand what's required of me. Somebody say amen. Forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance toward a person or a group, listen to me, who has harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve it or not. Okay? And so it's a conscious, deliberate decision that I'm going to release the feelings that I have towards another person or group of people who have caused me harm, who has hurt me in some way. Okay? Now, the definition of forgiveness, it seems very uh, to the point and simple. It might be a simple concept, but it's not easy. Amen. And to think that we have the power in and of ourselves to truly forgive people for things that they have done to us, to harm us, to abuse us, to betray us, to offend us. Come on. When you've been uh, truly wronged. Somebody say truly wronged. When you've been truly abused. When you've been truly hurt by someone or somebody. Somebody say amen. It bruises you. Amen. It, it bruises you in a place that you can't see with the human eyes. Come on. It, it, it wounds you on the inside of your being. Amen. It's in a place where no man can reach. Come on. It's in a place beyond where I can reach in myself and try to repair it. Amen. We might, as men, we, we, we're trained to be tough and we're trained to be, uh, I was always taught, told if you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. Amen. We're, we're to be tough. Amen. We're to be, uh, not to let our feelings show. Amen. I don't care how tough you are. I don't care how hard you are or how calloused you are. Amen. If you've been truly wronged by somebody that was supposed to love you, come on. If you've been truly wronged or betrayed or offended by someone that was supposed to care about you, somebody that you trusted yourself to, amen. If that has happened in your life, you're wounded. Amen. You're wounded. You're offended in your spirit. Amen. You're wounded in a place that no man can see. Amen. Everybody in the world at some point, at some time has been wounded. Everybody at some point in their life has been offended. Come on. Everybody has been betrayed to some extent. Amen. So, all of us, amen, human beings walking on the, we've been hurt. Come on. We've been walked on. We've been lied to. Come on. We've been abused. Our bodies, our minds, we've been verbally abused, physically abused. Come on. Sexually abused, whatever you want to call it. Amen. We've been walked on. We've been lied to. We've been betrayed. We've been offended. Because when sin ravages people, it leaves damage. It leaves in its wake death. It leaves in its wake damage. Damage to the mind. Damage to the body. Damage to the spirit. Damage to the family. Damage to to relationships? Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Amen. It's true. 
here's the reason. Because abused people abuse. And offended people offend. And betrayed people betray. Amen. Because when you're hurt on the inside, you can't help but it come out in your actions. Somebody say amen. And so to think that I in and of myself can 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 bridge that gap that I in and of myself can forgive somebody truly myself for what they have done for me really it's a ludicrous thought it really is it's it's a it's a ludicrous thought now I'm gonna get back to point one and you'll understand at the end but I want to tell you this morning you don't have the power of you in and of yourself to do it Some of us, I'll get to that in a second. Some of us have been hurt, abused, lied to, betrayed. And we want to be the opposite of that so bad. How many know what I'm talking about? You might not think that that abuse has hurt you because you have become the opposite of what that was. Amen. You have stepped in the complete opposite direction of that and said, I'm not going to be the way my dad was. I'm not going to be the way my uncle was. I'm not going to be the way my mom was. I'm not going to be the way that they were. Amen. That hurt me. I'm going to be different. Okay. But when you do that, you are creating a bridge or a gap between you and that person that hurt you. Come on, there is a, that their hurt towards you has pushed you away so far that your desire is to be different. And you think that in and of yourself, I can be different than they were because I'm going to do the opposite that they did. Understand today that your, your, your desire is right. Amen. Your, your desire to be right is commendable. Amen. But understand today that that is not forgiveness and that is not healing. And if you're going to operate out of offense and what somebody else did to you, it's going to separate, not bring together. Amen. I, I, I want you to be different. I want you to strive to be different than, than the abuse and the abnormal behavior that people exhibit. But understand today uh, that that is not forgiveness and that is not healing. And it's the desire of God to, for you to be healed. I'm talking about totally healed. I'm talking about restored totally and completely. Somebody say amen. You, can't, you, cannot, you cannot forgive in and of yourself. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, I can't do it myself. I don't believe that you can truly be forgiven. That you can truly forgive. Or that you can be healed without God. I don't. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe there's any other way of healing. Come on, you can go to the psychologist and you can get therapy if you need it because you have problems, you need to talk about things, but you're not going to be able to get healing without God. Come on, you can pour it all out on the desk or on the couch or wherever it is they have you lay. You can try to get medication to overcome the anxiety and the symptoms that the, that, that the unforgiveness in your heart is causing in your world and it might go away for a little while, but that is not healing and that is not living. 
The thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. It's not God's will for us to live in any unforgiveness or an unforgiven state or a state of woundedness and betrayal and offense. But it's his desire for our lives for us to be healed. He totally healed. Amen. Forgiveness and healing, they go hand in hand. Amen. When you get forgiveness, you get healing. And when you get healing, you found forgiveness. Somebody say amen. Now, there's a little question to look out there. You don't believe me. I'm going to show you. Somebody say, show me, Pastor. Matthew 9. There was a man that was sick of the palsy. Okay? He was, he was laying in his bed, and his friends saw his state. And so they picked him up, four of them. They picked him up on his bed, and they brought him to Jesus. So Jesus is in the house teaching. The house is packed with people in so much the Bible says that they couldn't get through the door okay they couldn't even get in the house because everybody wanted to be where Jesus was at but notice nobody else was getting healed come on somebody it wasn't a healing service it doesn't say anybody else got healed but the Bible says when they saw they couldn't get through the door they went up to the roof want you to tear the roof. If you have to, tear the roof off. The Lord will fix it. Amen. They tore the roof back. And they lowered the man. Now, think about it. If we're sitting in church, and all of a sudden we hear a sledgehammer. What in the world is going on? They pulled it back. And all of a sudden a bed comes down. Jesus, the Bible says, this is what it says, and when he saw their faith, nobody else put in that much effort to get there. When he saw their faith, he told the guy, he said, thy sins be forgiven thee. That's what he said to him. He steps out there, he says, Thy sins be forgiven thee. He looks around. The Bible says that he could perceive their hearts. And so he knew that they reasoned in their hearts that who is this guy to think that he can forgive sin? Because only God alone can forgive sin. at him and he says which is easier now has anybody ever used that expression when you said something you're like well is it easier to say that or is it easier to say it this way basically you're saying the same thing right 
you're basically saying the same exact thing, but you're saying it a different way. Right? And so his idea of healing was your sins are forgiven. Right? He says, which is easier for me to say, thy, thy sins, uh, take up thy bed, you're healed, you're, you're healed of the palsy, take up your bed and walk, or say, thy sins be forgiven thee. What's easier? Amen. Well, it's the, basically what he's telling him. He's looking at the scribes and the Pharisees who are judging him and looking at him like he don't have the power on earth to forgive sins. Then he says, because so that you would know that I have the power on earth to forgive sins. So that you would know that I have the power to forgive sins. I tell this man, take up your bed and walk. And the Bible says immediately he took up his bed, got up took up his bed and walked out. And they're all like, right. But what Jesus was trying to teach them that day, he's drawing a parallel. Come on. He's drawing a parallel between being forgiven and being healed. Because if you're forgiven, come on, if you find forgiveness, you're healed. Come on. If you find forgiveness, you're free. Man, if you truly find forgiveness, come on, if you truly come in contact with the love of God and the forgiveness and the forbearance of the Lord and he washes away your sins, you are free and you are healed in the name of Jesus. Woo. Forgiveness is healing. Somebody say forgiveness is healing. Forgiveness is healing to your soul. Come on. It's healing to your spirit. Amen. It's healing to, to the abuse and to the, to the things that are in disrepair and the things that have been wounded and the things that have been destroyed in your life. How many know that the Bible calls him the repairer of the breach? Come on. He is the one that fixes the, the, the breach or, or the hole in the wall. He's the one that fixes the gap. He's the one that stands in the middle between you and where you need to go. He's the one that's able to heal that thing that's been destroyed in your life. Isaiah says he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we had hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. I come to preach to you today. It's the punishment that Jesus took that brings healing to your life. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. So that thing that causes you trouble, come on, that thing that has wounded you, that thing that has caused you to be abnormal, come on, that thing that has caused you to be uh, 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 wounded or hurt or damaged goods, come on, how many's ever thought I'm damaged goods? Amen. I'm no good to anybody. Amen. My mind, because of what I've been through and what I've done and what's been done to
to me. I am no good to anybody. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You just need to find the Lord and his forgiveness. Amen. When I got the revelation that he did that for me, Come on, that he hung on that cross for me. Come on, he took those nails through his wrists and through his hands, he, uh, through his feet for me. Come on, somebody. He took that spear on the side for me. He stood at that whipping post with a cat of nine tails, 39 stripes. They beat him beyond recognition, and he did that for me. He didn't stand there and take that beating for himself. He did that for us. He died. He gave his only life. Come on. He gave his life in payment for my sin. He gave his life payment for it's not only my sin, but the sins that have been committed against me. Wow. The sins that have been committed against me. Amen. See, a lot of times, I don't have problem uh, asking the Lord forgiveness for myself and thanking him for that. But the people that have wronged me. Amen. Guess what? He nailed all sin to the cross. Come on. He nailed every shortcoming to the cross. He nailed the abuse to the cross. He nailed the drug addiction to the cross. He nailed adultery to the cross and fornication and uncleanness and whoremongering and betrayal. All of the sin and everything that has in its grasp. He nailed it to the cross, overcoming it and taking it to the grave. Amen. Somebody say amen. He took it to the grave with him. Amen. How many know he was buried for three days? He was buried for three days. And the Bible says that before he ascended, he first descended into the depths of the earth and he preached the captives free. Amen. He wasn't just laying there sleeping in the grave. He was working. He was restoring. He was bridging the gap between death and life, between the lost and those that are found. I come to preach to you. He's still preaching the captive free. Up your hands to the Lord. Every wrong that has ever been committed, he nailed it to the cross. And when he rose from the grave, come on, sin could not kill him because he had no sin in him. He rose from the grave. He came back the third day. He said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll raise it back again. Come on, destroy this temple. And, in, and they looked at him and said, this temple was 46 years in the building. Is that right? This, this temple was 46 years and you're going to raise it back in one day? They didn't know that he was talking about his temple. Because that temple was a representation of his temple somebody. It was a representation of the house of God. Like, like Jacob saw, angels were ascending and descending upon the son of man. Jesus was the ladder. Jesus was the bridge that bridged the gap between God and mankind. Amen. He's the gap. He's the bridge. And when he got back to the tomb, he picked up that body and he put it back on. And the stone rolled away. And he stepped out and he talked to Mary Magdalene. Come on. And he told him, go tell my disciples and Peter that I'm going to see him again in Jerusalem. But 
touch me yet because I haven't been glorified. I got to go to the mercy seat in heaven and I got to sprinkle my blood upon the mercy seat so you can have access. I come to preach this morning. He bridged the gap. Your sin and your brokenness does not disqualify you from being part of the kingdom because the love of God transcends every barrier. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. He was wounded for my transgression. done some bad things. I've done some things I'm ashamed of. How many's with me this morning? I've done some things I wouldn't want y'all to know about. Come on, somebody. I've been places I wouldn't want you. I've, I've committed things I wouldn't want to tell you about. Amen. But I want to tell you, there was one day in my life where I went to an altar of repentance and I found the forgiveness and the love of God in an altar of repentance and it restored my life and it healed my soul and it gave me a purpose in living. Clap your hands to the Lord. He is worthy. was wounded because we were wounded. He was bruised because we were bruised. Oh, it behooved him, amen, to, to go through the, it was necessary for him to go through the, the pain and the suffering of the cross that he might be a faithful and merciful high priest of things pertaining to God. Amen. He had to come where we were at and go through what we go through and feel what we feel so that he could have the right type of mercy and mindset toward what we're experiencing and what we go through. Come on, somebody. He could not expect us to live the life that he wants us to live unless he took it and, and he walked through it himself. Come on. He went through it. The Bible says that he was tempted in all points like we are yet without sin. Amen. It was necessary for him to come to walk our path, to feel what we feel so that we, he could be a merciful God unto us and restore us back to the state that he had always purposed for us to be. came where we were at. He paid the price. He went back to heaven. The Bible says that the temple, I don't have time to teach it all, but the, the tabernacle in the wilderness was a shadow of things that were in heaven. The mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat in the most holy place that one time a year the high priest would take that blood of that spotless lamb and he would go into the holiest of holies and he would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. Come on. And that would push the sins of the people back another year. Amen. It would not wash them away because that lamb didn't have the power to wash away the sins. But when the lamb of God came, Amen. John the Baptist looked and saw him and said, Behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. Come on, not just the sins of the good, but the sins of the world. 
Come on, that means all sin. So when Jesus died and when he went to heaven, he sprinkled his own blood on the mercy seat, obtaining forgiveness of sins for all those who would ask. Somebody say amen. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace or the beating, the chastisement that brought us peace was laid on him. He took it. He bore it. And with his stripes, we are healed. Now we preach it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Somebody say amen. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us and washes us clean. Amen. But I don't ever hear anybody saying it's the blood of Jesus that heals us. But the same blood that forgives us is the same blood that heals us. Come on. And if you're forgiven, if you're for, what, what's easier to say? God has forgiven me or God has healed? Come on. Because if you're forgiven, you're living in a healed state. to claim what we already have access to. Amen. If you haven't received healing in your heart and your life, you need to find true forgiveness. Come on. You need to understand that the price that was paid on the cross was for you. The love that was shed abroad for all of mankind, that was for you. That wasn't just for the preacher. That was for all of us. And whosoever will. Come on. That was for me. of the love of Jesus for me. I need a revelation of how much he loves me. You know what? He didn't even know me. Thousands of years before I was born, 2,000, 1,975. I was born in 1975. Because the time before Christ was the time before. years before I was born he already paid the price for the sins that I would commit he saw me he saw the struggle amen that's not an egotistical to think that he did that for me he said he did it for me come on it's not egotistical for you to take that personally Amen. If you want a personal revelation of who he is to you, you got to take it personally. Amen. Because he did it for you. Amen. He did it for me. Amen. I got to understand that the price that was paid, that was for my sinful nature. That was those, for those bad decisions that I would make. That was for those things that I would do that was contrary to his plan for my life. And there was time when I would miss the mark. And there was times when I would trip and fall and stumble and make mistakes and make a wreck and uh, a mess out of my life. And he knew that I would need somebody. Come on. He knew that I would need a place to go where I could receive forgiveness and healing for the things that have happened in my world. 
And I want to tell you today, it's available. Amen. That cross is still available. That blood is still available. The Spirit of God is still being poured out upon mankind. you so much that he gave it all for you. He didn't just take some of it. But he gave it all. He didn't just give it all for the things that you've done to hurt yourself or damage your own life. He gave it for the people that have hurt you and damaged you. love of God it transcends everything else amen I want you to put Romans 8 31 up here I'm almost done Romans 8 31 and we're going to read through 39 I want you to follow with me do that just for just a moment. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Right? If God is if God is for us, then who in the world can ever be against us that we should worry about? Somebody say amen. What he that spared not his son but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The things There's things that he wants to give us that we haven't had a revelation of yet. But when you get a revelation that he didn't spare his son, but he delivered him up for us, and if he's not going to withhold that, is there anything that he's going to withhold? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is not, it is God that justifieth. Go on. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Okay, not only, go back. Not only did he die and he rose again from the dead, but he's at the right hand of God, which is representing the power of God, right? The right hand of God is an expression used for the power of God, the place of authority. Amen. Who also maketh intercession for us. What is intercession? Amen. He's standing in the gap. He's standing in the gap for what you need, and he's standing in the gap for what all the eternal things that are available for you in heaven. Come on. He's, he's standing in the gap between where you're at and where he's called you to be. He's making intercession for you. He's pleading for you. He's pulling on you. He's working with you. He's laboring for you to try to get you to understand and realize the love that he has for you. He didn't come to condemn you. Come on. He didn't come to condemn you or to judge you, but he came to give you life. And that's a revelation. 
One more. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or trouble? Shall distress? Right? Well, what's distress? Right? It's 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 despair. It's 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 distress. It's having it's having situations in your life that 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 you don't have the answer to and and you don't know where to go and you don't know what to do and and it hasn't changed yet. Come on, somebody. You're distressed over it. When you get distressed over something, man, you're worried about it. But can that separate you from the love of God? Or persecution when other people come against you? Or famine when you don't have enough to eat? Or nakedness when you don't have enough clothes to wear? Or peril? Or the sword? Or war? Come on. Go on. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Okay, now, he's saying that in like a facetious way. Okay, because some of us will say, well, I'm, I'm led as sheep to the slaughter, right? I'm, I'm being slaughtered for the Lord. I'm you know, we take on this woe is me type spirit and I, I'm never going to get out of this because I am killed all the day long, right? We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. And then in verse 37, he says, nay. What's that mean? It means no. Mm -mm. Not my world. Amen. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Verse 38. For I am persuaded. Come on, you got to be persuaded. Is anybody convinced in the house today? You got to be persuaded that it was for you that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to present, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're facing. I don't care what's happened to you. There's nothing bigger than the love of God. And when he came to earth and went to that cross, he transcended every barrier. Stand to your feet all around the building and lift your hands to the Lord this morning and just call on the name of Jesus right now. Come on, call on the name of the Lord right now. There's healing in this house today. king was doing what kings do and he began to check the accounts of his servants and he saw this one servant that owed him 250,000 pounds of gold and some truckloads
He says, well, let's start with the worst. Come on, somebody. We might as well start with the worst. The guy that's the worst off. Because that's how the Lord works. He starts with the worst. Because if he can forgive the worst... calls him before him. Dude, we need to talk. I've been looking at this account and you're in trouble. You got it. Man, it's gotten too far out of hand. We need to get this taken care of. I've tried to give you time. It's just gotten worse. Come on. You know, there, there's a time where we'll be judged for our account. Somebody say, I got a lot on the account. So the king says, it's go time. Today's the day, man. Pay up. He realizes that what's about to fall on him is more than he has. He can't bear it. We don't have enough to pay. And when you don't have enough to pay it, you need mercy. Falls down before the king and worships him. He says, I don't have enough. I don't have enough to pay it. Be patient with me, please. Please, I don't. I, I can't do it. I can't pay it. I don't know how to make it right. I can't. There's no possible way that I can make this right. See, we can't make it right. You can't forgive, get forgiveness without God. Come on. There's only one that has power to forgive, and his name is Jesus. I just explained it to you. Amen. I, I don't. I don't have the ability to make it right. And when the king heard his humble cry and his realization that he couldn't do it himself, he had compassion on him. Man, that's repentance. I can't do it myself. I've tried. I've tried to live right. I've tried to do it right. I've tried to make amends myself, but I can't do it myself. I need the Lord. He was moved with compassion. And he said, because I have the power to forgive sins in the earth, I forgive you all the day. From this day forward, you don't owe me anything. We're clean. Your account is settled. Your account is right with me. What love. Hey Amen. He, he could have required it of us, but he, he paid it himself. You know that when he took that debt and he took it away from him, he put it on himself. Somebody has to take care of the debt. Somebody needs to tell our leadership in the United States that. That's a whole nother message. 
<laughs> Somebody, somebody's going to pay that debt. He took on the debt himself and he freed the man. You're free. You're free to go. You're free to live. You're clean. We say, I'm clean. He just came out of a healing service. He's, he's forgiven. Come on. Washed in the blood. He's got his name written down in heaven. There should be a love that exudes from us knowing what God has done for us. Can you imagine how he felt when he walked out of there that day? Come on, amen. Can you imagine being millions and millions of dollars in debt and them coming to you and saying, guess what? You don't have to pay that. Glory. That's what we're shouting about. Amen. He went out of there, but in... But instead of having the love of God and the love of the king upon his life, he sees somebody that owes him something. And he lays down the love of the king and the compassion and the forbearance, the forgiveness. And he goes over to this guy. And he takes him by the throat. wrong of me. Don't punch me. Gets him by the throat. You thought I wasn't going to see you, didn't you? Huh? Where's that money you owe me? Huh? You remember that dollar that I loaned you to get a, well, to get half a coffee at Tim Hortons? Where's it at? I want it right now. You're paying it back right now. I don't have it. I don't have it, please. Please forgive me. I, just give me some time here. I'm, I'm in a hard time. Just give me some time to pay it back. I, I promise. I'll pay it back. Just give me some time. The Bible says that he would not. He would not. He took the guy which he had every right. He had every right to hold that guy accountable for what he owed him. He had every right to, to throw him in debtor's prison. He had every right to be offended. Come on. He had every right to be wounded by what he had done. He had every right to, 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 to expect that guy to get what he deserves. But since... He had been forgiven by the king. When you're forgiven by the king, you give up that right. Right? You, you no longer have a right to expect them to pay back to you what they owe you. Amen. You've been forgiven. Freely you have received. Freely give. Right? So... I'm forgiven of the Lord of everything that I've ever done and said and the thoughts and the, the stupid things. 
I'm happy about that. Somebody say amen. But if we don't care enough about our own forgiveness to forgive somebody that owes us so much less than we owed, the king revoked his forgiveness. And his unforgiveness was not necessarily toward that other guy. It was towards God. He took that forgiveness when he refused to forgive this guy. He took that forgiveness and handed it back to God. I don't, I don't respect this. I'm not thankful for this. I'm not thankful for what you've done for me. I'm going to give this back to you because I want them to pay for what they've done. Am I preaching to anybody? I want them to pay. They owe me. Come on, they've hurt me. They've wounded me. They betrayed me. They abused me. Come on, a lot of the mistakes I made in my life is because of what I had to go through. Come on, somebody. This is real. But forgiveness does not just reach you, but everybody connected to you. When you walk out of the king's court and you've been in the presence of the king and he's forgiven you of everything that you've ever done and healing is coming with that. Come on, every wound in your heart, every wound in your mind, every wound in your spirit, he's going to heal it. I prophesy it in the name of Jesus. It's going to be healed. But you have to let forgiveness flow through you because a forgiven servant is a forgiving servant. I stand before God and I pray prayers for people that I don't want to hold a grudge. I don't, I don't want to be offended. I don't want to ever let anything get between me and the forgiveness that God has given me. Come on. And I pray prayers and things that people have done and things that people have said. I take those things to the Lord and I say, Lord, it hurts. But I know I, I got to forgive those people. But I don't have it in myself to do it. I can't do it myself. But I don't want you to punish them for what they have done to me. Come on, that's true forgiveness. When they stand before you, I want what they've done to me to be stricken from their record because they don't owe me anything because I don't want anybody going to hell for me. Come on, I don't want anybody going to hell for what they've done to me. I don't want anybody being judged for eternity for what they've done to me because I have been forgiven. Come on. I have been set free. My debt has been paid in full. That's the power of forgiveness. It sets lives free. It heals the soul. And it heals families. It heals relationships. Come on, somebody. It heals communities. Come on. 
that heals the lost. Brother Terry, I don't want anybody going to hell for me. I don't want anybody having to pay for what they've done to me. Man, if you've truly been forgiven, there's healing residing on the inside of you. And you have the power to bring healing to other people's lives. You have the power to take that forgiveness. Pass it on. There's been times I've had to have conversations with people. seated for a moment. I looked in their eyes and they were getting weary. How do I know? How do I know? Some, some things are obvious. Some things How do I know if I have resentment or vengeance in my heart toward somebody? Because I think, you know, in the presence of the Lord, being honest, I don't. When we're forgiven, we think that way. But then when we see that person, you know what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, you get this tension in your on the inside of you. You know what that is? That's revealing a wound. It's revealing something on the inside of you that needs to be healed. And so when we see them, we're like, they see me? See them in Walmart? You see everybody in Walmart. At some point, you'll see everybody in this church in Walmart. You're like, man, Lord, they saw me. Now I'm going to have to talk. Hey! How you doing? Man, it's so good to see you. feel that barrier, that, that gap, that wound. You got to remember that when Jesus came, he stepped over all those barriers. He didn't avoid the sinners and the ones that caused his wounds. He went to them. So when you feel that, mature people, people that understand forgiveness, when they feel that, they step over that barrier. They put their arm around them. They say, you know, our relationship hasn't always been friendly there's been some things happen but 
between us that I'm not, you know, I'm not sure I've ever really gotten over. Come on, there's a way to say these things. But I'm getting over it now. And I want you to know that whatever it is between us, that I don't hold you accountable for anything that you said or anything that you did. And I pray the blessings of that would be on you. Easier said than done. But that's not the wisdom of Josh Christman talking. That's the love of God. Because the people that wounded me are the people that Jesus wants to save. Come on. The, peop the people that abused me are the people that need God the most. Come on, somebody. The people, the things that have happened in my life that he has healed me from, he can touch them through what he has done for me. I know this is hard to hear. And realizing it in our lives sometimes is difficult. But it has to happen. Because if the, the Bible says he would not. And so the Lord revoked his forgiveness. And delivered him to the tormentors. Until he should repay everything that he owed. And you know it would take an eternity to repay that. So he for eternity. Let me let me see. Eternity or I can just let go of this grudge. <laughs> that's a, that's an easy decision for me. Isn't that an easy decision? I don't want my forgiveness to be revoked. Come on, I don't want to lose out with the Lord. And I understand this morning that my forgiveness is linked it's linked to their forgiveness my forgiveness is linked to their forgiveness through me it's quiet I assume you're thinking or you're sleeping my forgiveness is linked to their forgiveness through me. They're going to come to know the love of God through what he's done for me and what I'm able to release them from because of what he's done for me. Wow. That's beautiful. Amen. How many want the forgiveness of the Lord? Amen. I wonder if you could stand all around the building this morning. Where do we go from here? There are wounds that need to be healed. There are things that God needs to heal in our lives. Man, there's repentance that needs to happen. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Come on, and as we be, become cleansed from unrighteousness, we begin to set people, other people free for what he has done for us.
Every one of us have things. And I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to come up and tell us about your issues. You know, sometimes I share things up here that you wouldn't normally share, but when you're up here, it's an open book. But I don't expect you to share things unless you desire to talk about it with me. But there's one person that does need to hear about it. And that's the Lord. Because he's the one that holds forgiveness. And he's the one that holds healing. And if you can find forgiveness, it's available. You can find healing. It's here this morning. Amen. If you have some, every one of us have some. Why don't we all come to the front? Make your way to the front. Move in close, as close to the front as you can get. close. Come on, we all need a touch from the Lord. When I was in the prayer room this morning, There was healing that was loosed in the atmosphere. I could feel it. It was so strong. The love of God began to weep. I began to intercede spiritually, pray for the power of the Holy Ghost. I could feel the hearts. I believe your hearts this I begin to pray for reconciliation, restoration, and healing to happen in all of your lives. I believe it's going to happen this morning. God sees the pain. He sees the struggle. He's felt it. He's felt your infirmities. He paid the price for them. All the suffering and the pain all the humiliation and the letdown, all the wounds, the things that you never thought you'd be able to get over. You even said it to yourself, I'll never be able to get over this. He paid the price for it. Amen. He doesn't hold you accountable if you come to him. Lay it down before him. Say, Lord, I give you my sin. I give you my wounds. I give you my pain. I give you my brokenness. I pray that you would take it, Lord. You would wash me in your blood and you would bring healing to my life. Why don't you lift your hands right now and do that with me? Come on, there's healing in this atmosphere for you to get a hold of. Come on, reach for him with your heart. Your heart's what's been hurt. You got to reach with it right now. Come on, with your heart today, God, I need healing. Lord, I lift my heart to you, God. I don't know how to get over these things. I don't know how to overcome them, God. Lord, but I lay it down before you.
right now, God. I pray, Lord, that your love would wash my spirit. I pray that you would pour out your spirit, Lord, upon every life, every mind here today. God, as they lift your heart, their hearts in sincerity unto you, pour out your spirit, God, I pray in the name of Jesus, that there be a spirit of true conversion and healing in this house. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I lay it down before you. I lay it down to you, Lord. I can't change it, Lord. I can't go back and do it again. I can't fix it, God. I can't overcome it, Lord. I give it to you in the name of Jesus. I place it in your hands, and I pray that you would take it up, and you would do with it what's necessary in the name of Jesus. I place my heart in your hands, my life in your hands. Come on, change my heart. Tell him, change my heart, change my life, Lord. Help me to understand true forgiveness. Help me to understand the revelation of your love for my life. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, open your heart to him. You got to ask for it. Come on, I don't want the punishment for what I've done. I don't want the punishment for the feelings that I have. I don't want to go through the punishment, a lifetime and an eternity of condemnation and judgment. I lay it down before you. He's a merciful God. Come on, there's mercy today. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, reach for him. Lift your hands and reach for him. Close your eyes. Don't be looking around. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.